All right, good evening, everyone. Hopefully, everyone is having a blessed evening as we are. As always, we like to say praise the Lord, thank the Lord for another day in the land of the living and another chance to get our acts together. Today is September 16th, 2021, and week 137. If you're new around here, welcome to Joy in the Midst of the Storm. This is a program where we like to do weekly live stream Bible studies. And if you've been with us for a while, as we always like to say, welcome back. Thank you guys for tuning in week in and week out, trying to hear what thus says the Lord. As you can see from the title, we'll be talking about the bittersweet word of God. As Tony wrote in the, in the description of this sermon, of this message, he said there is a song called He is Sweet, I Know, and no, I'm not going to sing it. But throughout that song and throughout many other songs, we always talk about the goodness of God and how much he loves us. God is love. And that is good. That is good because he does love us. He is sweet. And yes, we do know this. And he's been good to us when we have when we never deserved it. If he gave us what we deserve, it would be just just bad. But he also has another side, and that other side is what we don't like to talk about. It's in Nehemiah. It says the great and the terrible God. So tonight we'll be getting into the things of the other side of God, the not so much mentioned side. So I hope you guys get something out of the message. So without any further ado, I'm going to pass it over to Minister Tony Banks, and we can go ahead and get started with this evening's message. Thank you, Melvin. Uh, if you guys are able uh, and you have, you know, the luxury, uh, the freedom to stop what you're doing and say a prayer with us, uh, we urge you to do so with us. Gracious Lord, thank you for another day, another opportunity. Lord, we thank you for how you continue to bless us, even though we don't deserve anything that you have done. Lord, we thank you. So, Lord, we're asking that we would have a grateful heart, a grateful attitude. Lord, help us to have the right mindset. Lord, continue to lead us into all truth. Lead us into every avenue, every destination, every place that we need to be going, Lord. Even if we don't feel like it, even if we don't want to, Lord, continue to uh, lead us in the right direction and give us the mindset to want to do it, even when we don't feel up to it. And so, Lord, we're asking that no matter what happens to us, Lord, that you will continue to remind us there is a reason to have joy. Lord, we're praying for the Bible study tonight that you would touch each and every one of us, touch the hearers and especially the doers of your word, Lord. We're asking that uh, for prayers uh, that your hand would even be upon our family members, our loved ones, uh, those going through many trials and tribulations, Lord, that you would just continue to touch, that you would continue to stretch forth your hand, Lord, that you would continue to reveal yourself to us, Lord, so that we can truly say you're so sweet, we know. And so, Lord, we're asking all these blessings in your mighty name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. And I feel like we need to, before we get started, I think we need to slide over or something. <laughs> Something's looking off here, and I can't quite put my hand on it uh i think we need to do something all right yeah i think that's a little better so the bittersweet word of god the bittersweet word of god now we're going to i've been doing some uh reading in the book of revelation and and I realize a lot of times I feel like we say the book of Revelations with an S. Uh, but regardless of the semantics, we're not going to get technical about that because whether somebody says the book of Revelations with an S or without it, it doesn't matter all that much. Uh, but in the book of Revelation, uh, 
we're going to pick up verse, excuse me, chapter 10 here and verse 9 uh, to see what the angel says here. Let's pick it up, Melvin. And I went unto the angel and said unto him, Give me the little book. Now, I'm not going to do a whole lot of digging into this, but now I believe the angel here to be Jesus. Now, if you do some studying, and this isn't what the message is on, so I'm not going to try to uncover this for you, uh, but maybe one day the Lord will, will bless me so that we could do that. But now I believe the angel here is Jesus. So John was instructed to get the book from the angel. Now we found previously, I don't remember what chapter it was, but uh, a chapter or so back, a few chapters back maybe, uh, we find that one sat on the throne and there was no one worthy to take the book and open it from him that was on the throne. And so John began to cry all until the Lamb of God came to take the book. And we know the Lamb of God is Jesus. So he had the book and he opened the book. And so now, fast forward, we found here, uh, he's referred to as the angel. He says, and I went unto the angel and said unto him, give me the little book. Now this is after the book has been open and the book is the the book of life what we're reading right now the book of life so john says give me the little book let's see what he says to him and he said unto me take it and eat it up now the angel says unto him take the book and eat it up now we're talking about the word of god take it and consume it that's what we need to do uh, the scripture tells us with all thy getting get an understanding the only way we can get an understanding is we fully consume this thing we fully digest we search the scripture uh, i'm reminded of a group of people uh, it talks about them in the book of acts uh, the people i believe of berea uh, if i'm pronouncing that correctly uh, the Bible says that those people receive the word with all readiness of mind, readiness of heart. They receive the word and they search daily. But we know that God is a rewarder to those that diligently seek him. You know, we want to see more and more, but we don't want to do anything to see more. But he's a rewarder to those that diligently seek him. So. He says, take it and eat it up. Uh-huh. And it shall make thy belly bitter. Now, this is what the angel says to John. He says, it's going to make your belly bitter. It's going to give you an upset stomach. Go ahead. But it shall be in thy mouth sweet as honey. But in thy mouth is going to be sweet as sweet as honey. Now, that is we're talking about the word of God. This is how the word of God is to us, because when we hear the word of God, we say, oh, now that's, <laughs> you know, we talk about love and it sounds so good. 
we're always talking about love and how we should love thy neighbor. And that sounds good until it's time to do it. Until it's time for you to love that neighbor that keeps knocking your fence over. Yeah, I've known people to have this problem where they haven't done anything to their next door neighbor. I mean, their literal next door neighbor. And however, the person continues to do stuff to them. You know, it becomes hard to love then. It's easy as long as we hear we should love and not hate. That sounds good until we have in our minds a reason to be upset with someone. This is the bittersweet word of God. So he says in your mouth is going to sound is going to be sweet. But in your belly, you know, this happens to us. <laughs> this happens to us when we eat sweets, you know, and I've did this many times. We say, I'm going to get a piece of cake. And in your mouth, it's sweet. It tastes so good. But once it hits your stomach, you don't feel so good anymore. It has caused a change within you. This is what the word of God is supposed to do for us. On the surface, it sounds so good. It, it's, it's great to us. It's so sweet. He's so sweet, I know. But until we get the, into the depths of this thing, when we truly find out and understand what it is that God wants us to do, the word of God becomes bitter to us. It becomes a burden to us. We say, man, they expect me to do that. They can't be serious. God doesn't want me to do that. The bittersweet word of God. This is how the word is to us. Go ahead, man. And I took the little book out of the angel's hand and ate it up. And it was in my mouth sweet as honey and as soon as I had eaten it my belly was bitter as soon he said as soon as I had consumed the word of God see the word of God God has given us his word to bring a change he said old things have passed away and all things have become new the word of God is supposed to change us but that change is so bitter we can only consume so much of the word of God at one time. We have to get little by little. We can't consume it all. We won't be able to take it. And that's how we are whenever we eat anything sweet. You can't consume it all. We want to. We'll have a whole cake and we'll try to eat it all. <laughs> but we cannot consume it all. We just cannot. It's going to upset our stomach. Which is representing the flesh here. And that's what the word of God does to us. Our flesh becomes bitter. The Bible tells us the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. The flesh said, now that now that just don't seem right to me. That's what the flesh says. The bittersweet word of God. This is how the word of God is to us. And I want to show you this 
by the grace of God. So now, uh, let's move. I think I want to start in Mark 10. There's there's a lot of places, uh, and I'm hoping and praying that God would lead me to whichever place, because I, I have a lot of them that we could go to. But I'm praying that God would lead me where we need to be led. So Mark 10, let's start there. Mark 10. And let's pick up verse 17 there. Mark 10 and 17. And when he was gone forth into the way. Now this is Jesus. When Jesus was gone forth into the way. uh huh. There came one running and kneeled to him and asked him, Good master, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? Mm-hmm. And Jesus said unto him, Why callest thou me good? There is none good but one. Now, this gentleman here comes to Jesus to find out what does he need to do to be saved. He wants to inherit eternal life. That's a good question. That's what we should all be trying to find out. So he asked Jesus, what do I need to do? Let's see what he said. That is, there is none good but one that is God. Mm -hmm. Thou knowest the commandments. Look at what he brings up. The word. He brings up the word. He's trying to feed this. Feed the word of God. That's what uh, the scripture tells us. Uh, God was going to give us pastors according to his own heart who would feed us he told us to eat he told john excuse me to eat consume this eat it we're supposed to be fed the word of god but it's bittersweet that's the same thing that jesus told peter after he had been resurrected he asked peter three times he asked him if you love me he said if you do feed my sheep Feed my lambs. Feed them my word. Give them the word of God. But it's going to be bittersweet to them. And the word was bittersweet to even Peter himself. We know even he denied Jesus initially now. But he got it right in the end. And that's what matters. So Jesus brings up. The word of God here. He says, thou knowest the commandments. He takes them straight to the word of God. Now, let's sit. Let's find out how this is going to be bittersweet to this man. Go ahead, Mel. Do not commit adultery. Do not kill. Now, we've heard this stuff. This is God's word. We say, oh, this is good. Yes, I believe this. He says, do not commit adultery. Well, if we believe this. Why, why are we still doing it? Why do it? He said, do not kill. If we believe this, why do we still do it? He said, if we hate, we're a murderer. We kill. This is what Jesus said. Go ahead, man. Do not steal. And we do this. These are things we do. We say we love God. We're happy. He gave us his word, but when it comes down to actually doing it, we become bitter to it. Somebody say, well, not everybody's religious. 
if you say that, why weren't you saying that before? No, you're saying that now because you don't want to do what God said do. You still want to be saved, though. Go ahead, Mel. Do not bear false witness. Defraud not. Honor thy father and mother. Now he takes him to what was in the book. We know that the lamb, who is Jesus, he opened the book. And this is what we found in the book. God's word, his laws, his commandments, his statutes. So Jesus takes the man to the bittersweet word of God. Let's see what the man says. And he answered and said unto him, Master. He said, Master, he's happy right now. The word in his mouth was sweet here. He said, Master, uh-huh. All these have I observed from my youth. Good God Almighty. He said, all these. I know this. I've been observing this. You know, we've been observing the word of God. Some of us since we were children. Some of us, our parents raised us up in the word of God. We knew certain things. We knew these things. We shouldn't lie. We shouldn't kill. We shouldn't steal. We knew these things. But why weren't we doing them? <laughs> because the word was bitter to us. We knew them, though. And if somebody did this to us, we'd be fired up. We'd be upset if someone stole from us. But we have people walking around right now calling themselves a child of God. And they're okay with stealing from Walmart. We're okay with going in a business and stealing. We say, oh, they won't miss it. <laughs> well, they didn't need this anyways. How can we say that? How can we do that? So this man here, he says, Master, I have observed this. I've kept this with me since I was a child. The word is sweet to him right now. The word is good to him at this moment. So Jesus says, okay, well, now that you've gotten that, I want you to consume this. There's a little more that I want you to know. See, we haven't learned everything that we need to know about God's word. We, no matter how much we have learned, we have not learned enough. We have not learned all of it. And we never will. But we should still continue to strive to know more and more each day. So this man said, I've observed this from my youth. All right. Then Jesus beholding him, loved him. Now, this is love. This is love. Uh huh. And said unto him, mm -hmm. one thing thou lackest. Now, this is in the word. He said, I want you to consume this now. Eat this. But there's a warning here in your mouth is going to be sweet. Your spirit is willing to do this, but your flesh is weak till the flesh is going to be bitter. You're not going to want to do what God says. Go ahead, man. Go thy way. Say whatsoever thou hast. He said, this is what I want you to do. Go and sell whatever you have uh -huh. and give to the poor mm -hmm. and thou shalt have treasure in heaven. And everything that you're seeking, the things that you ask me for, eternal life. 
He said, you'll have this if you go and do what I'm telling you to do. Mm hmm. And come take up the cross and follow me. Now, he said a lot. He said, take up the cross and follow me. Follow me. Paul told us in one place, follow me as I follow Christ. Now, this is bittersweet. Go ahead, Mel. And he was sad at that saying. He ran into the bitter part now. See, he was happy at first. Things were sweet at first. But now he's ran into the bitterness. You know, sometimes, sometimes when we eat something, I heard a person talking about how. And I feel like I've had this happen to me and somebody else may have experienced this before. But sometimes you can eat something and I'm talking about right in your mouth. You first taste it and you say, oh, yeah, that tastes pretty good. And then you swallow it and you say, now that had a bad aftertaste. It, it tastes funny now. That's how we feel about the word of God. You know, initially we say, wow, you know, I, I'm so excited about the word of God. And as we continue to consume and continue to digest and continue to get deeper and deeper in the word of God, we become bitter towards it. It becomes a burden to us. We don't want to hear about it anymore. We say, I'm straight on all of that. Uh, certain, certain, I just don't want to hear that anymore. It's no longer sweet to us. The bitterness has started to come out. And so this is where this man found himself. Read verse 22 again for a minute. And he was sad at that saying and went away grieved. Went away grieved. The word of God will grieve us. Because we just cannot stomach it, somebody said. We cannot stomach it. We just cannot take it. This is what the word of God will do to us. If our mind is not made up, if we don't say, Lord, I, I, I'm going to go to the end of the earth for you. If our mind is not made up, go ahead, Mel. For he had great possessions. He didn't want to take up his cross and follow Jesus. He loved the things he had more than Christ. You know, this happens. I'm, I'm reminded of uh, someone and the person began to explain some things to me and they began to talk about how they have allowed their spouse to steer them away from the word of God. You know, to this person, they loved doing what God said do. But to someone else, see, they were in that bitter phase. They didn't want this, their spouse to be doing what God said. And so there was a division there. And so in order for this person to save their marriage 
they decided to turn from the word of God. You know, this thing, this type of thing happened. That's what this man decided to do here. He decided to turn from the word of God. He was grieved. He was grieved. This is what this person found. This is how this person found themselves. Grieved. Because their spouse did not agree with what the Lord said. This is the bitterness, the bitter sweetness of the gospel. The gospel will cause even your spouse to turn on you. The gospel will cause your mother, your father, your sister, your brother, your best friend. This is the bitter sweetness of the gospel. But we have to be able to bear it. God has somebody out there able who's not going to turn their back on him. See, notice the person we're dealing with here. We're not dealing with someone who didn't believe in Jesus. See, we often, as believers in Christ, we often sum it all up to just merely believing in Jesus. But this man, he believed Jesus existed, but he didn't believe in everything Jesus said. This is what got him in trouble. So he went away grieved, for he had great possessions. The bittersweet word of God. This is what he told John would happen. This is the same thing he told Ezekiel. We might get it, we might not. But God told Ezekiel the same thing. Consume the word of God. Eat it. Eat all of it. You know, we have to take all of God's word. See, this man wanted to take some. He said, look, I know the commandments. He said, well, there's something you still haven't did yet. And when he found out, he didn't want to. He was happy at first, but the more he began to chew and swallow, it became too much for him. It was bitter to him. The bittersweet word of God. And he walked away. So. I want to go. I believe we need to go to Matthew chapter 13. I believe that's what I want, man. Oh, you know what? Let's go to the book of Acts. Let's go to the book of Acts chapter five. I'm sorry. Let's just go to Acts. I mean, uh, Matthew. Let's go to Matthew. I might change my mind again, but bear with me. <laughs> Matthew 13. And let's go to verse 20 there. Matthew 13 and 20. But he that received the seed into stony places, the same as he that heareth the word. And Anan with joy receive it now we're talking about the parable that jesus told us about the sower sowing seeds now he tells us about the sower uh, sowing seeds into a stony place now all of these places represented people 
And Jesus explains this parable to us. But now he explains to us, I wanted to highlight a group of people here in verse 20. Uh, the stony places, he's referencing the people here. So, but he, see, notice, but he, we're talking about people, but he that received seed, the seed is the word of God. That's what we've been talking about. The bittersweet word of God. But he that received the word of God in stony places, someone who had a heart of stone. See, the word cannot penetrate someone whose heart is stony. You can't penetrate the rock. Now, I know somebody say, well, you can. <laughs> you cannot penetrate the stoniness, the rock. From what we're talking about, I know you say, well, you can get a jackhammer. You can get this. You get what we're talking about here. The word of God would not penetrate and get deep. See, notice what he says. But he that received the seed into stony places, the same as he that heareth the word of God and is sweet to him. And Annan with joy receiveth it. We're happy. We're glad to hear the word of God. But somewhere along the line, just as the man that we just read in the book of Mark, chapter 10, starting at 17, he started out happy to receive the word of God. He said, I've, I've observed this from my youth. It, it's been sweet to me my whole life. I love the word of God. So now, let's pick up verse 21 here. Yet hath he not root in himself, but dureth for a while. Yet he hath no root. He's not deep. The word of God has not went deep inside of him. Why? Because it, it, it is a stony ground. You try planting something on a stony ground. Try planting something on a rock. It's not going to work. He's trying to show us the word of God has to get deep within us. But we have to move beyond that bitterness stage, that stage where we say, well, God, I don't understand this. I don't get this. We have to move beyond that. The word has to still be sweet to us, reminded of Jesus talking to the church in the book of Revelation, I believe chapter two, he told the church to return to their first work back to when you love the word of God. Somebody has become bitter. The word of God is not exciting to us anymore. You know, we now, we used to be able to go hear the word of God all night. Now we can't even take 30 minutes, let especially not an hour. We said, man, I just got I just get so sleepy when I get in there. I wonder why something about us has changed. The word is not having the same effect on us anymore. We said, oh, we talked about this story before. 
But little do we understand, God wants to take us deeper, even in that same story. There's there's more to learn even from the same story. You haven't learned it all. We have not learned it all. I read the same things over and over. And God will still show me something else that I had not seen. Sometimes I don't even remember reading some of these things. I'm like, man, that, that was in there. But God is able to do these things. So he said, yet hath he not root in himself. Uh-huh. But dureth for a while. He's going to last in the word of God for a little while. For a while now. Will be able to put up with the word of God. Uh-huh. For when tri tribulation. However. When the trying time comes. See, that's what Jesus presented to this man. Tribulation. This was a trying time now. Uh-huh. Or persecution ariseth. Or persecution ariseth. Why? Because of the word. Because of the bittersweet word of God. Persecution. This is what happened to this person that I referred to earlier. She had persecution from someone in her own household, Jesus told us in the word. He said, your foes is going to be they of your own house. The people that come against you is going to be sometimes now the people in your own house. They don't even want you to do what God says. But even once the persecution comes, we have to hold on to the word of God. We can't turn our backs on Christ just because our spouse is upset about it. We have to hold to the word of God. The bittersweet word of God. So read that one more time for me, Mel. Yet hath he not root in himself, but dureth for a while. Mm -hmm. For when tribulation or persecution ariseth because of the word, mm -hmm. by and by he is offended. My God. We are offended. We cannot hold to what God says. It, it was good at first. The word was so sweet to us at first. But once the tribulation came, once the test came, we didn't hold on. We became offended and we turned and walked away. You know, you find uh, others walk away from Christ, even in the scripture. Jesus turned and asked his disciples, he said, will you leave me also? He said, where can we go to to whom can we go? You have you have the words of eternal life. We can't go anywhere else. We have to remember that. When our trials and tribulation come. Where can we go? Sure, the word might be bitter sometimes to our flesh, that is. Sure. We might find ourselves saying, you know, I really just don't want to. But somewhere we should find it within us. To say, not my will, but thy will. That's what we found Jesus say. Not my will, but thy will. I want to get, I believe now. <laughs> Let's now go to the book of Acts because I want to show this happen again. In the book of Acts, chapter 5. 
Let's pick it up in verse one. And before we go there, I see Whitney says your broadcast or our broadcast is frozen on their end. And I'm looking at it. It looks good. So maybe try um, backing off and going back to it because it looks good on my end. Um, but thank you nonetheless for tuning in. And Tanisha, he has the praying hand emoji and the clapping hand emoji. Thank you both for tuning in. I also see Casey, Roderick, they're tuned in. So thank all you guys for tuning in. And if you are on another page, I'm sorry if I'm missing your name, but all of them are, are not showing up. So yeah, if it's still frozen on your end, just back out and come back. Uh, we hope that all of the issues are resolved, but it does look good from our end. Yeah, I'm seeing it it up too. So hopefully, hopefully it's good. Um, but Acts chapter five and verse one. But a certain man named Ananias with Sapphira, his wife, sold a possession. Now this is what Jesus told them to do while he was yet on earth. Now at this stage in Acts five, Jesus has already departed from the earth. He has already left. And vanished in the cloud found in Acts chapter 1 but now we find two people here they have heard the word of God and now they have claimed now and the only reason I can say this is because I'm looking at their actions they have claimed that they would do the word of God so they sold a possession uh-huh and kept back part of the price however they kept back part of the price. You know, that's what we want to do with God. We want to do part of it, but we hold back. We reserve ourselves. We're still shy with God. We say, yeah, you know, I, I love God, but I'm not willing to go all the way in. You know, we still hold ourselves from him. That's what these people have did here. So now, now we find they have kept back part of it, which also they were keeping back themselves. But now let's go ahead, Mel. His wife also being privy His to it. His wife also knew they were in on, in on this together. You know, it's a sad thing. You know, you're better off going against your spouse to hold to the word of God opposed to going against God together. Y'all can't fight God together. I don't care if somebody told you y'all are a power couple. I don't care what <laughs> you know, people fool us, man. Somebody say, oh, y'all powerful together. Y'all look good. Y'all better do the word of God. Let's see what he said, man. And brought a certain part and laid it at the apostles' feet. Mm -hmm. But Peter said, Ananias, why hath Satan filled thine heart to lie to the Holy Ghost? Why? See, they have agreed to do the word of God. It was sweet to them at first. They said, we're going to do what God said do. All the way until it came time to do it. You know, that's how we are when it comes time to do what God says do we don't do it but we said we would how many times has this happened to us in our everyday life you say yeah I'm gonna do this 
And I'm going to do that. I know. I believe me and you have talked about it, Melvin. Sometimes people will say, oh, you want to do this this weekend? <laughs> and you say, oh, yeah. And you're feeling good. It sounds sweet to you. You said, that's a great idea. I, you know, I, I like to do that. And then the day rolls around. <laughs> and you're hoping they don't say a word to you. You're hoping I'm telling you. they don't say anything. <laughs> so you can lie and say, I, I thought I thought you forgot. You know, I, since you didn't say nothing. That's how we are with the word of God. We're hoping. God changes his mind. God forgets because we don't want to do it. We say we will, though. Same thing happened with Balaam. We talked about him. Uh, what was that last Monday? We talked about Balaam. He kept going back to God to see what God would say, asking the same question, hoping God would change his mind. It's the, this is the bittersweet word of God. God's not going to change his mind for us. If he says something, he means it. So now, Peter asks Ananias, why have you allowed the devil to fill your heart? Why have you allowed the devil to persuade you to lie to the Holy Ghost? Because the word has become bitter to him. That's why. He didn't want to fully do everything that God said do. This is us as people. You know. If you take. And I was thinking about this this past week. If you take. A two people who are married, a husband and a wife married. Neither one of those people want the other person to hold back. They don't want the other person to hold secrets, you know, to do uh, secretive things. Even if, even when we think about uh, bank accounts, you don't want that other person to have a secret bank account on you. Why? Because you feel they're holding something back. They're hiding something. You know, God feels this way towards his people. He, God. He has not held things back from us. He is willing to give us all things. But in return, he wants you to give all things to him. That's the only way a relationship truly works. Is when both people are all in. God is all for us. He's all for us. He's not holding back from us. He's willing to give. Look at what he did for us. He gave his only begotten son, the scripture says. He was willing to sacrifice Christ for us. And if you really understand the story, he sacrificed himself for us. But that's another topic. We're talking about the bittersweet word of God. We better go back to where we started. Actually, let's go to Ezekiel. It, it says the same thing there. In the book of Ezekiel, chapter 3, we find the same thing. Ezekiel, chapter 3, and we'll look at verse 1. We're talking about the bittersweet 
word of God. Because God's word is sweet to us when we first hear it. But somewhere along the line, once we start to find out God wants me to do that, he wants me to do this. Why does he want me to do all of that? The word's starting to become bitter to us. We start to not agree anymore. We start to back up. We say, God, I don't know if this is for me now. At first you thought it was, though. The word is becoming bitter. Let's see what he says. Ezekiel chapter 3, verse 1 here. Moreover, he said unto me, mm -hmm. son of man, mm -hmm. eat that thou findest. Eat what you find. See, we have to accept what we find in the word of God. When he talks about eating, he's talking about consuming the word of God. The scripture tells us God is going to send us pastors according to his own heart who will feed us with knowledge and understanding from the word of God. God is going to feed us his word. That's how we gain strength. That's how we gain knowledge by understanding and being fed his word. We're feeding ourselves with a lot of junk every day because all we're hearing is gossip. All we're hearing is uh, so-and-so did this yesterday. That's all we're feeding ourselves. We don't know the word of God. That's where our problem is. We don't understand what God is saying because we haven't been fed. We're our soul is hungry. You know, everyone's soul is hungry for God's word because he put that appetite there. See, ask yourself, who put the appetite in you? I'm talking about natural food now. Ask yourself, who put the appetite in you? Because you didn't do it to yourself. Because if you had an option, you would have made yourself to where you didn't even have to eat. The same way we say, I wish I didn't have to sleep. I've heard people say that before. You wouldn't eat if you didn't have to. But God created your physical body to where you needed a meal. I don't care if you eat a buffet. I give you a few hours and you're hungry again. You say, man, it feels like I didn't eat. <laughs> What did I do? That's how you were created. And so we don't comprehend how we have an appetite for the word of God. And we are depriving our soul. You know, people say they talk about greens, pig feet, neck balls. Somebody say you're making me hungry now. That's that's what people call soul food. That's what people call it. God didn't call it that. Soul food is the word of God. If it wasn't, then why did he tell this man? Read that again for me, Neville. Moreover, he said unto me, mm -hmm. son of man, mm -hmm. eat that thou findest. Eat what you find. Uh-huh. Eat this roll. Eat this roll. This is the word of God he's talking about. Eat this roll. Uh -huh. And go speak unto the house of Israel. And now that you've consumed this, see, he was talking to a preacher in this instance, Ezekiel. He said, now that you've eaten it, consumed it, digested it, I want you to go and speak to these people. Tell them what you just learned. Tell them what I've just taught you. 
This is the word of God, the bittersweet word of God. Is bitter in our belly, but it's sweet in our mouth. Drop down. Uh, uh, let's read verse two. So I opened my mouth mm -hmm. and he calls me to eat that roll. He calls him to eat the roll. Here's the word of God. The same thing we found in Revelation 10. The word of God in Revelation 10. It called it a book. A book. Which is the scripture. The book of life. So here he called it a roll. So he said, uh, so I opened my mouth and he caused me to eat that roll. Uh -huh. And he said unto me, son of man, cause thy belly to eat and fill thy bowels with this roll that I give thee. Mm -hmm. Then did I eat it and it was in my mouth as honey for sweetness. In his mouth, it was sweet. In his mouth, it was sweet. We better go. I like how he puts it in Revelation 10. Let's get Revelation 10 before we get out of here. Revelation 10, back where we started. Revelation 10 and verse 9. This is where we started. If you guys caught, caught us uh, towards the end here. Revelation 10 and verse 9. Let's pick it up, Melvin. And I went unto the angel mm -hmm. and said unto him, mm -hmm. give me the little book. Give me the little book. See, we're reading the book right now. The book is the word of God. Go ahead, ma'am. And he said unto me, take it and eat it up. Take this book. See, this is what we're supposed to do with the scripture. Take this book and consume it. Let it become a part of you. This isn't just something that you do on Sunday or Wednesday night. Or somebody gets smart and say, well, we have Bible study on Tuesday. Whatever day you say you have Bible study, this is not about you just going through the motions, just showing up so you can get perfect attendance for this month so you can win a prize. That's not what this is about. He said, take this book and I want you to eat it. In the book of Ezekiel, he said, whatever you find. Even the stuff you don't agree with. Even the stuff that you say, I just don't, that just doesn't sit well with me. Well, you, <laughs> it's the word of God, though. So he says, give me the little book. And he said unto me, take it and eat it up. Uh huh. And it shall make thy belly bitter. Now, this is what the word of God does to us. It makes your belly bitter. Uh-huh. But it shall be in thy mouth sweet as honey. But it's first going to hit your mouth. Whenever you eat something, it hits your mouth first. In your mouth, it's going to taste so good. Now, I, I can just about guarantee this has happened to us all. Because at some point, we have ate something that tasted really good in our mouth and by the time it made it to our stomach we start hearing some noises <laughs> our stomach starts to feel funny it was bitter 
in our stomach. This is the word of God to us. When we first hear this thing, we say, man, this is this is good. We're fired up, Melvin. We're on fire for God. And somewhere along the line, we learn some things that discourage us. We learn some things that make us sad, just like the man we read in Mark 10. And starting at 17, he was grieved at what Jesus said. Jesus only spoke to him the word of God. That's all he spoke. See, if Jesus had came joking and trying to have fun with him, he would have stayed around. I can't tell you how many times if you bring up the word of God, people don't want to talk about that. So the man became grieved because Jesus began to get deep with the man. But we have to remember God's word is still sweet. His word will bless you. There is a reward to doing what God says. We have to get beyond that bitterness stage where we feel, well, I don't want to talk about this particular thing. All because we might not want to do it or we might not even agree with it. We have to get beyond that. Well, I just don't want to have to love that person. We got to move past that. I don't want to have to give up lying. We got to move past those things. Because this is what God is expecting us to do. He said, eat it up. Consume it. Allow God's word to become a part of you. God's word will never work in your life if you don't allow it to truly become a part of you. See, people wonder, how can these people go to church all of these years and still act the same way? Because of the word of God has not changed them. They haven't eaten the word of God and it became bitter in their stomach. And that bitterness represented a change there. The word of God has not changed them. Because they began, they spit the word of God back out. They didn't consume it. They didn't take it to heart. So that's why. People are still doing the same thing after all these years in church. They didn't eat it up. They didn't allow the word of God to resonate inside of them. So let's read verse 10, man. And I took the little book out of the angel's hand and ate it up. Mm -hmm. And it was in my mouth, sweet as honey. Mm -hmm. And as soon as I had eaten it, my belly was bitter. As soon as he ate it, it was bitter in his belly, representing the flesh. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Let's see what he told John to do now that he had received his word. The same thing he told Ezekiel. Go and speak to those people. Go ahead. And he said unto me, Thou must prophesy again before many peoples and nations and tongues and kings. He said, you have to go and tell somebody, be a witness about the good word of God. Words of eternal life. That's what we're after. We all want to be saved. But 
To do so, we have to accept what we find. That's the only way this will work. That's the only way. So I thank God for you guys. Uh, if there's any questions, uh, please don't hesitate uh, to ask because that's what we do this for. Um, so someone can learn of him because I, I want to learn of him. If you ask me something that I don't know, you better believe unless it's something ridiculous. Now, unless you ask some uh, foolish question, Paul told us to avoid foolish questions. But now if you ask something reasonable, I'm going to do my very best to find out that answer because I need to know. I need to know. So, again, I thank I thank God for you guys just for uh, just for being a part of him, uh, because each and every person who makes up the body of Christ, we're important. No matter what someone says about you, no matter what issues we've had in the past, no matter what uh, mistakes any of us have made, God still finds you important. So I have to find you important. So I thank God for you guys once again. And at this time, I will turn it over into Melvin's hands. Thank you, guys. All right. Well, I'm going to start off by um, I see we have a, a lot of comments on the Joy in the Midst of the Storm page. I don't see any on my personal page or Tony's personal page. And I know we probably won't be able to speak on all things because I know Whitney has said a lot of good stuff in here. Um, but I was corrected on how to say somebody's name. It's Tanisha. I said Tanisha earlier. And then they said, this is Chelsea. Praise the Lord, Melvin. Well, praise the Lord to you, Chelsea. Thank you for tuning in. How's it uh, going, Chelsea? <laughs> got a comment from um, Tanya, uh, Mr. Clapping hand, Hands Emoji. Thank you for tuning in. And, and whoever else is on the stream, thank you for tuning in. Um, but Whitney says in the Bible, you notice that any time that Jesus calls someone to follow him, he said, suffer. Uh, I know one um, place he says, suffer it to be so. The word of the God must be fulfilled. And she also says, push through the pain. And um, she said, it's the way we live that's going to draw people to God. And that's definitely true. In one place it says, let your light show sign, show, show, oh my goodness, let your light show, so shine. I'm sorry, getting tongue twisted. So that men may see your good works and glorify your father, which is in heaven. If we go around doing the same stuff that the world is doing, they're not going to listen to us. You know, um, Tony brought up one time, Jesus wasn't going playing cards, playing dominoes, and slam the card down on the table and say, boom, now let me tell you what Psalm said. But all jokes aside, that is true. If he was out there doing the same stuff as those people, they'll say, you're just like us. Who are you? You, you think you're holier than thou? Who are you trying to, who, are, who do you think that you are trying to tell us the word of God? Um, it's another one, and these comments are out of order. Um, she says, Psalms 103 and verse 8, and thank the Lord that he is merciful and graceful, and he is not easily angered, and he is full of love. But th that is true. He is not easily angered, but yet we, we so often anger him because we go so far, so far against what he's saying for us to do. And that's so true. Um, Tony mentioned earlier how um, 
He said we make plans with somebody and we feel good on the day that we make plans. But when that day comes, we don't feel like doing anything. We hope that person doesn't text. We have the mentality of if they don't text me, then, hey, plans must have been canceled. And I am guilty of that because I've gone through that so many times. And that is how we feel with the word of God. We are the same way. We feel good about it. We say we're going to dedicate our lives to Christ. I know um, a few people that have said that and they started off strong, but somewhere along the line, Satan has deceived them, has gotten them on the wrong path. And that happens so easily. Um, It's a prayer that I pray. uh, I, I tell God to keep putting me in situations where my only choice is to trust you trust in God. Because, you know, a lot of people don't want to be in those situations and I don't want to be in those situations, but I do know that those situations are needed so that we can see who we are. God can show us who we are because he already knows. A lot of people say that God knows my heart. That's definitely true. He already knows what we are going to do. Just like with Abraham, when they went, when he took Isaac up on the mountain, God say, sacrifice this son, your only son. He already knew what Abraham was going to do. But he was showing Abraham himself because Isaac said, I don't see a lamb. I don't see a sheep. I don't see this anywhere. And Abraham said, God is going to provide himself a lamb. So I saw a quote, and I don't think this is biblical, but it said, we all want a miracle, but we don't want to be in the position to receive that miracle. So what my message is, we need to take the word of God. It's going to be better. Sometimes we're going to say, God wants me to do this. God wants me to do that. God is never going to tell you to do something that's not going to benefit you in the long run. And it might even instantly benefit you, even if it doesn't seem like it. But what is trust if we can see the outcome we have to he's going to seem like he's not there but all the time he's right with us going through whatever he has us to go through so i'm just checking to see if there are any more comments you know that that's a a really good story that you brought up god telling abraham to offer up his only son and even in that story we can see god's word being bittersweet Because Abraham, God telling him he would have a son. That is wonderful. I I can assure you they were happy about that. And especially when they finally had this child, waiting 25 years to have this child. Abraham being, I believe, 100 years old and Sarah being uh, 90. Look at how sweet of a moment that would have been. To have this child. And now. God says you know what. Offer him back to me. You waited all this time. See that God puts us in those situations. Where we have to trust his judgment. We might not understand why. All the time. But if you. Trust him. If you just follow on. And do what he says. Then he told us we would know. Then shall ye know if ye follow on to know. But we have to follow on. 
So that that's an amazing story there. Just to see God's word being sweet in the beginning. And after a while, you say, man, now why would God want me to offer my only child? And then another twist comes in because now I guarantee uh, he didn't understand what would happen. He thought he actually had to kill a child, but he believed that even if he did, God could raise his child back up. But God did him one better. He said, you know what? I don't even want you to kill the child. I just wanted you to see how far you were willing to go. And that's how God is treating us. He wants to, us to see. He knows. He already knows how far we're willing to go. God knows he can't take some of us a block up the street. We won't follow him that long. We'll turn to the side and say, well, I wanted to go over to this house. I always wanted to go in that house. God knows. So that's why he puts us in these situations to reveal to us. Because a lot of times we say, God, I'll do this and I'll do that. He said, OK, you'll have your opportunity to prove yourself. So I'm, I'm glad you brought that story up. That's a good story there. It looks like we're going to be on a little bit longer. We have a question from Tenacious. Wonderful. Or, or Chelsea, as um, she said, this is Chelsea. Um, she says, how do we truly distinguish ourselves from the others that look similar to us in public? Uh, what exactly do you mean by that? Uh, the Bible tells us to let our light so shine so that men may see your good works. See, it's going to be the works that set you apart from other people. That's what's going to make us different. Our works, how we carry ourselves, how we talk. See, there's a noticeable difference in the way people talk. Some people talk filthy. The other person might not. There, there's always going to be noticeable differences. Uh, so that's going to be found in works. Let's get that scripture. Uh, Matthew 5 and 16. I'll try not to get so tongue twisted. Let's start up. Let's go up to verse 14. All right. Ye are the light of the world. Ye are the light of the world. Now, this is Jesus talking to us. He said, you are the light of the world. So if we're the light, that's noticeable. See, we notice the light. We automatically notice the light. Go, go outside when it's nighttime and turn the light on on your phone. It's impossible to not notice. Uh, let a car come towards you with the lights on. It's impossible to not notice unless a person's blind now. But you notice the light. So look at what Jesus is saying to us as the church. He said, ye are the light of the world. Uh -huh. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. He said you cannot even be hid. We're noticeable. If we allow our light to shine, but the only way the light can shine is if we follow the word of God, is if we do the word of God. That's the only way. 
Let's see what he says. Neither do men light a candle. Now, no one lights a candle. Uh huh. And put it under a bushel. And cover it up. See, we don't light a candle to cover it up. Now, there's a reason he's saying this. Go ahead. But on a candlestick. You put it somewhere where it can continue to give off that light. Go ahead, man. And it giveth light unto all that are in the house. That, and I've seen this happen before. I've did this before. The power goes out. You light a candle. And you put it somewhere where you want it to give off light so you can see in the house. So he said, you don't No one lights a candle to cover it. So God, he has provided his word for us so that we can be a light unto the whole world. So we ought to let our light shine. But he said it this way because some of us. We hear the word of God is sweet to us and we know what we should do. And you know what we do? We go the other way. We don't do it. And by not doing what God told us to do, we're covering up that light. Somebody is going to be inspired by you. People are inspired by someone who's actually doing God's word. Somebody's inspired by that. Somebody, I, I can't tell you how many times, uh, even just trying to encourage people, people you know, you, you know, people them, let me put it this way, people themselves know they're not doing what God said do. They'll know that. I've had people tell me. Now, I didn't need them to tell me because I can see with my own eyes, but I thank God that he Bless them to be humble enough to admit that. And so I've had people say, you know what? I, I want to thank you for just how you carry yourself because it encourages them to see God. So it means something that you are a light to other people. People are encouraged by you. But now if you walk around just like everyone else talking crazy acting foolish suppose someone seen me acting that way the first thing they would say is now i thought he was supposed to be saved you know what they're saying i thought he was supposed to be a light that's what people are saying people people want a role model that role model is nothing but a light so let's see what he said in 16 let your light so shine before men. Let your light so shine before men. The only way we can be a light is to live a godly life. Jesus told us he is the light of the world. He is the light. And we become the light when we become like Christ. When we become like him. That's how we become the light. So he says, let your light shine. Now, notice he said we have to let it. See, God is enforcing. I thought about this um, maybe earlier today. The Bible tells us to let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Now, this scripture is saying the same thing. He said, let your light so shine before men. It's the same thing because we have to allow God 
to show himself in our life. We have to allow people to see God in us. People are supposed to see the way we carry ourselves and walk and do things and say, you know, that's God in that person. I can tell. I know this God is in them. That's how we distinguish ourselves. But as the church people, we're, we're living just like everybody else. We're wanting to walk and look just like everybody else. I, I know. Um, I, I don't even know what the thing called, but I know it was a big fashion event that took place. And I just so happened to see, uh, uh, I believe it was Kanye West and, and, and his wife, Kim Kardashian. And they were wearing some foolish outfit. <laughs> Their whole body was covered in some outfit. And you know what? That's what people are looking to as a light. Somebody wants to look just like that. We're not looking at Christ the same way. We're not modeling our life after him. We're looking to the world. Those are the people we're looking to. The people on Broadway. The people at the fashion show. The people on TV. The people on uh, the Internet. These are the people that we want to look like. But the only way we can truly be a light and we can distinguish ourselves because the Bible says we are a royal priesthood. He said we are a peculiar people. We're different. We're a holy nation, a holy people. We're different. Holiness makes you us different. There's something different about a person if they are truly holy because some people are going to bring some things up. And then when you respond, no, I don't I don't do that. They look at you different. So let's read that again. now. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works mm -hmm. and glorify your father, which is in heaven. He says somebody needs to see something. It's not about all the talk. Somebody needs to see us. And they need to see God in us. They don't need to see Tony. They need to see God in Tony. Tony doesn't matter. I, I don't know how many times I've said it. And God knows I keep saying it. Tony doesn't matter. But someone needs to see God in me. So I hope uh, that answers your question. I don't know. Did, did Chelsea say anything else about that? Um, yes. Um, but before that, um, Whitney says know you by your fruits um and that's so true in one place it says beware of false witnesses and then it said you will know them you'll know uh, you'll know a tree by the fruit mm -hmm. that it bears and then and he's talking about their actions yep and i remember um uh, about a week or so ago i was talking to a preacher and he said son you can come ask me a question and i'll give you an answer and you can go talk to another preacher and you'll get a very different answer. Now, one of us is lying, but you'll know in time who which one is right. And then he pointed to um, a tree in, in the backyard and he said, now I can say that this is an apple tree. 
And the other preacher can say that this is a pear tree. Now it could be in, in the middle of the fall, you know, nothing's growing on it then. But when time passes, you'll know what kind of tree it is. And it's the same way. Because um, we can say you, you, you can't hear the word of God w without a pastor. You can't get everything without somebody guiding you. And that can be true, but it has to be the right pastor. And somebody say, well, how do I know which is the right pastor? You'll know. Is their livelihood aligning with what's in the word of God? The fruit is going to grow. You will definitely know. Um, but Chelsea says, um, as a follow-up question, how do you get rid of being frightened to do so? Meaning so showing your light and being different. Scared to display your light. That's going to come with a power. Uh, let's go to the book of Acts. Chapter 2. Excuse me. Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. But ye shall receive power. Power. See, it takes power. See, what you're talking about is if I'm afraid to allow someone to see my love and dedication for God, I need some more power. Or let me put it in these terms, strength. I need some more strength. I need more faith. Even in one place, the uh, apostles, they told Jesus, Lord, increase, increase my faith, increase our faith. We need to pray, Lord, increase my faith. I'm not where I need to be. And that, you know, it's a beautiful thing when we can examine ourselves as the scripture told us, examine ourselves. And we can say, Lord, I just don't measure up in this department. I need to be better in this aspect. Now, over here, I might be okay. But in this aspect, I need to be better. God sees that and he respects that. Because there are a lot of people running around feeling they're already okay. So we need God's strength. And we can pray for that. So. In verse 8, read that again for a minute. But ye shall receive power. He said, ye shall, you shall receive power. That means we started off without having that strength. See, I once, I felt this way before, being ashamed of God. But it's because I didn't have enough strength. So he said, but ye shall receive power or strength. Uh-huh. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. After we receive the Holy Ghost. It is the Holy Ghost that helps us to grow in faith, grow in power, grow in strength, grow in doing everything that God said do. There's some things that we find ourselves, if we hear about it, we say, I just don't know if I can do that. It's going to be hard for me to do that. But we have the mindset to do it. It's going to take the Holy Ghost. It's going to take his spirit for us to receive that strength. So that's what we need. That's what will take us to a new level. Um, the scripture talked about Jesus. Let me let me find this verse. Uh, 
It is Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2 and verse 40. Yeah, Luke 2 and verse 40. And the child grew and waxed strong in spirit. Waxed strong. The child grew in spirit. That's what we have to do. Even after we receive the Holy Ghost, somebody might say, well, I already have it and I still struggle. Certainly, you have to get stronger. Even after you have, you have to grow. Uh-huh. Filled with wisdom mm -hmm. and the grace of God was upon him. And that's how God's grace is upon us. And we will continue to grow even in God's spirit. We'll continue to grow. God knows I continue to grow. I thank God for it because I need to grow. So that's how um, we are able to do whatever God says do. We have to grow in him. We have to learn more and more of him. See, the more you learn of God, the more we learn of him, the more we're willing to do. Because initially, I didn't understand just how much God has did for me. I still don't fully know. But I know he's done more than I can even think of. And so understanding the little bit that I know now is caused me to have a stronger love for him than I did in the past. But it, take, it took me to grow to get there. So we just have to grow, receive his spirit is going to give us power and strength. And even once we receive it, we have to grow in his spirit. So I hope that uh, clears that up. Uh, if not, definitely let us know. Yep, for sure. When it says uh, we have to die daily to the flesh, Paul said I die daily. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we have to um, get rid of what the flesh wants in our lives. If we have a problem with alcohol, why do we still have those bottles in the cabinet and the wine cellar? <laughs> Sooner or later, the flesh is going to give in to that. And sure enough, when you, when you see other people, um, I'm reminded of a place in Psalm. David said, my foot almost slipped. I've mentioned it many times because he was getting jealous, he was getting envious. Envy was the word that the Bible used at the prosperity of the wicked. We have things backwards. We look and see that somebody is doing so well. All these good things are happening to them. And in our minds, we think God has got to be on their side. Look at all that money they have. They have a tennis court on a yacht. <laughs> they have a swimming pool inside of a swimming pool. Now, that's God right there. <laughs> Gifts and callings come without repentance. We've covered that on this live stream a long time ago. Just because some good things happen to a person does not mean that they're doing the will of God. You know, I always pray, God, let me do your will, not my own. I heard somebody say, I don't want to do this alone without you, God, because I'm scared that I might succeed. And that's definitely true. Let me check and see if we have more. 
comments. You know, there's a uh, let's get this verse while we're on that topic. Isaiah 40 and 31. Because sometimes Isaiah 40 and 31, sometimes when we're trying to do what God says, we haven't seen the results that we expect to happen. And so we become discouraged. So I want to look at this verse because uh, th this verse came to my mind. I thank God for this verse. Let's see what he said in verse 31 here. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. It takes us to wait on God. And it's a hard thing for us, especially in the time that we live in, to wait on anything, let alone God. I've said it before. We can't. It's hard for us to wait two days for an Amazon Prime package. It's tough. We said, man, a whole two days. It's hard for us to wait on anything. There's times where I'll, I'll try to load something on my phone and it seems to take longer than I expected to. But at some point, I just need to learn to wait. Even it's because of the technology that we have. Everything is so fast. Everything happens so fast for us in this world. So we have a hard time waiting. But the scripture here says, but they, now this is a group of people. It's always about a certain group of people. There's always going to be people on both sides. Always. There's always going to be an opposer. He says, but they that wait upon the Lord, we got to wait on God. We have to wait on him. And even while we're waiting, continue to believe him. That's what happened to Abraham. They waited 25 long years. And this man was 100 years old by the time he had a child. I know somebody said that's hard to believe. But is there anything too hard for the Lord? That's what he asked Sarah. Because she didn't believe it either. Initially, she laughed within herself. And the Lord called her out on it. And he asked, is there anything too hard for the Lord? So he says... If we wait on him, he will renew our strength. He'll give you the strength that you had back and he'll give you more. He'll renew our strength. That's what we need. Strength to do what he says. Because sometimes the things that God says, it seems like it's hard for us to do it. The bittersweet word of God. We said, man, that's going to be hard right there. But we have to wait on him for his strength. Go ahead. Let's finish this out, Mel. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. Mm -hmm. They shall run and not be weary. Mm -hmm. And they shall walk and not faint. He said we'll be able to run and not be weary. The scripture tells us in another place, don't get weary in well-doing. Don't get tired of doing the right thing. Wait on God. Wait on him. He'll give you strength. So, I hope that verse uh, kind of piggybacks on what we've already looked at. Uh, but I, I think that's a very, a very excellent verse there. We have to wait on God. And, and this is something all of us have to do. It's not just, well, Tony has to wait or Melvin has to wait, but I don't. No, this is all of us. 
God is going to put you in a situation where you have to wait. He's going to. And that's the thing that frustrates us the most. Waiting on something. Something where we just can't wait for it to happen. We're so excited. And God says, I want you to wait, though. We say, God, <laughs> now you're wrong for that. That's what we're thinking. We might not say it, but we're thinking, God, now he's wrong for that. Because so-and-so didn't wait. We begin to look around at other people and say, well, they didn't have to wait. They got it before. They got it already by this time. I, I'm, I'm 25 and, and, and they were 20 when they got it. Yeah, but God operates differently for each of us. He operates differently. They're still going to have to wait on something too. Maybe not that specific thing you're talking about, but they have to wait. The Bible tells us in your patience, you can save your soul, possess ye your souls. If you have patience to wait, you can save yourself from a lot of problems. Was there anything else that we had on there, Mel? I don't see any more, nor do I see any on our personal Facebook pages. Um, but keep them coming if you if you have more to say. But um, I don't want to piggyback off what Tony was saying. I was going to bring up that scripture that Jesus says, that Jesus said, in your patience, possess ye your souls. And... I'm still getting to where God wants me to be with my patience because I still have times where I find myself getting upset if things don't happen when I want them to happen. I have always been the type of person that like that has to like get where I'm going, even if I don't have to be there in a, in a certain at a certain time. I'm I've always been the type to get to where I'm going, but that's not always the best mentality to have. Um, Tony said earlier, he doesn't know all the things that God has done for him and not on either all the times nobody does really. Cause you don't know what God could have been protecting you from because, um, even just today, my, at my job, they have me working with a new developer. He just started this past Monday. And we were working on a work item today and I get there early. So I leave early and I had almost made it back home. I was almost on the street to turn in to where I stay and I get a message on Microsoft Teams. I'm sure we are familiar with that since we've been working from home recently. And then what the manager said that I believe this should be better this way. And the new guy, of course, he wouldn't he doesn't know how to do it. So even though I was almost back at home, I had to turn all the way back around and go all the way back on the other side of town to go back to my job. And just going to be honest, it, it annoyed me a little. But, you know, I had to take time and, and thank God for whatever he could have been protecting me from. And even if he wasn't protecting me from anything, I thank God that I can still have that mentality because that helps a lot of things now i could have been so angry at the fact i could have driven off of the road anything could have happened that was about to storm anything could have happened so i'm i'm grateful that i'm moving to a new level of having patience with things because we need that our literal world souls can be saved if we have patience i know we all are familiar with county roads one lane going this way, uh, one lane going the other way. I've heard many stories where people were impatient 
trying to pass somebody, going up a hill, going around a corner. I believe um, a year or two ago, a whole family died just because the driver didn't have patience trying to pass somebody that was actually trying to be safe and abide by the law going the speed limit. So let me see if we have any. You know, I, whenever I, I find myself in a situation like that, as you look for the comments, um, I, I try to remind myself, you know, whenever I get upset in a situation where I feel like I have to do something that like, man, you know, we'll say, well, couldn't couldn't this have happened five minutes sooner? or Couldn't you have told me 20 minutes ago? You know, stuff like that. I, I try to think about how, you know, God could take something away from me, whether it's my walking, my the strength in my limbs, my vision, my hearing, whatever it is. If God were to take those things away from me, you know, we would give anything. You We would say, God, you know what? I would look, please give me if God were to take my vision today. You know, you know what I'd be praying, Melvin? God, I'm, I'm so sorry for all those times that I got upset about those things that didn't even matter. God, you know what? If you give me my vision back, I'm telling you, I won't even get mad at those useless <laughs> things anymore. God, you can inconvenience me. You can make me drive. I can drive home an hour away and then find out I left something and, and I turn around. God, I won't even get upset. You know, we would have these thoughts if God took something from us that we found valuable and so now i thank god and, and i tell people this i said don't allow don't cause god not allow don't cause him to have to do something to you before you get your attitude right we have the wrong attitude about a lot of things and god is going to do something because ultimately he wants us to be saved. And so if he has to take somebody's vision in order for them to be saved because they had a stony heart. We talked about that briefly earlier because they have a stony heart. He'll do it. He'll take your vision if it takes that, because he said it's better for you to enter into life without your vision or without your arm than to go to hell with both your arms. Or to go to hell with your eyesight is better for you to make it to heaven with no vision versus going to hell and you had 2020. So my prayer is, God, I'm I'm hoping and praying that I will do right without you having to take my eyesight or the strength in my legs to where I can't walk anymore or the ability for me to eat food. And process it properly. There's so many people who can't do these common things. And it hurts my heart. And I'm thanking God. I'm trying my best to thank him every day with the way I live my life. Lord, I thank you that I don't have to be that way. I'm sad and I'm pained that someone else does. But first and foremost, Lord, I got to thank you that I'm not that way. And Lord, please help my attitude. That I don't have to get that way before I become grateful. Because some people won't become grateful until God takes something from them. So I, I thought about that. I try to think about that all the time because 
God has truly been good to me. Now, I, I can't speak on somebody else's behalf, I, but God has truly blessed me. Uh, no matter what issues I have, no matter what condition I find myself in, my house, my car, whatever I have, I still thank God for the little that I have. So I just wanted to throw that in. Yep, that is so true. And um, I thank God because I know he's been good to me too. Back before I was trying to live saved, I was doing, you know, all kind of all kinds of things, being a part of the world. But even though yet I was still sinning, he loved me. And that, and that, and that takes some true love. And uh, Whitney says, this is true. I was speeding back to the beauty shop and he put a slow car in front of me. And I, I know I used to get so angry <laughs> when slow cars get in front of me. And then I finally get a chance to pass them. And then as I'm passing them, I got to look at them. I have to look at them and give them this look <laughs> like, what are you doing? <laughs> as if they're going to slow uh, speed up as a result. <laughs> right. So uh, we definitely do. Um, I have enjoyed all the comments, but on uh, the battery on my laptop is Ooh. getting kind of low. So uh, we do have to um, get out of here pretty soon. I need to switch over and start using my desktop so we won't have to worry about this issue anymore so i definitely thank you guys for tuning in so much it, it means so much to have other people trying to commune together trying to learn about god um god says whether there are two or three gathered in my name i will be in the midst so and one more thing that i want to say um i'm used to uh, mention on here whenever i do get angry and sometimes it may seem to be, you know, not as effective, but I always try to tell myself, thank God that I have my sight. Thank God that I can see, I can smell, I can taste, I can feel, you know, because some people can't feel. I saw another quote that said that um, there are some people, whether they be homeless in the hospital, I think it said in the hospital, there are some people in the hospital begging God to be in the position that you are complaining about. You know, we may say we may look at our bank accounts and say, oh, man, I only got a hundred dollars. Oh, my goodness. As homeless people who do anything just to get ten dollars. There are people that are dying literally to be in the position that we are in. Yet we complain about just the smallest things. And I know I have been guilty about this, especially when it comes to being patient. Um, Tony brought up earlier the technology that we have has made things so fast. I mean, even look at what we're doing right now. And I think somebody is watching from in Indiana, but what we're saying and what you're seeing is going all those miles in a matter of seconds. And so I remember being five, six years old with, with this big, we call them dinosaurs. Now those computers, Windows 95 on them, with a pinball game you played because you didn't have that that internet or somebody was on the phone and you couldn't use the internet. You play that, you play solitaire. But but nonetheless, I remember we had to wait 20, 25 minutes just for Google to load. But technology has made things so fast that now if things don't load in two, three seconds, oh, we, we're mad. We want to throw our phone against the wall and break <laughs> it so that it won't load at all. Yeah. <laughs> that's what that's what we tend to do because 
technology has made it so fast. When we used to have to wait so long just for the simplest web page to load. So let me um refresh one more time, make sure that we don't have any more. And also, since we are kind of abruptly ending, um, if you guys do have any questions, still reach out. Um, as Melvin says, our inboxes are open. So if you do have any questions, you still can reach out, and I will get back to you uh, with some type of response. And I'm hoping and praying it's something to encourage you uh, to continue on to seek God, because that's what's most important here. So, uh Go ahead, Melvin. Definitely. If you go into the Joy in the Midst of the Storm page, I believe I set it up that way. But if you look at the business hours, it says always open. So our inboxes are always open. So again, thank each and every single one of you guys for tuning in. Casey says, love you guys. We love you too. We love each and every single one of you guys in Christ. So as my weekly reminder to you guys, we have Zoom Bible studies temporarily every Monday now at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. If you want the link, please message the page or my or Tony's personal Facebook page and we'll get that to you ASAP. We would love to have you guys in the Zoom, meaning it is a good topic each and every single week, just like we aim to do on the live stream where a group of people, strong faith in God or trying to get your strong faith in God, get together, discuss the word of God. And as Tony said many times, he doesn't like to be the only one talking definitely interact ask questions because that's what it's for that's what we get on here for and even if one person gets saved just one the scripture says the angels rejoice in heaven over even just one person getting saved if one person gets saved then job well done but we hope even though we know it's not gonna happen we hope everybody we won't i heard a preacher say he wouldn't have any problem if god let everybody in but he can't take that risk. Got to do the will of God because that will make God a liar if he let somebody in when they're doing the exact things he said not to do. So again, Zoom Bible studies every Monday, 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. We hope to see you guys there. So as I always like to say, rejoice in the Lord always because today's tribulations are tomorrow's testimonies. Count it all joy, count it all joy. And one more time for the people in the back, count it all joy again. We'll, there is reason to be joyful in the midst of every single storm. So the Lord blesses and says the same. We'll see you guys next Thursday evening, hopefully Monday, with another topic coming straight from the Word of God. You guys have a happy, safe, and blessed weekend. And thank each and every single one of you guys from the bottom of my heart again for tuning in. Thank you for listening to our weekly Bible study podcast. We hope you enjoyed this evening's message. My name is Melvin Corners, here alone with Minister Tony Banks. You can catch these Bible studies live on Facebook every Thursday evening at 6.30 p.m. Central Standard Time at facebook.com slash jmsbible. We hope to see you guys there. Thank you. Also, as mentioned in the message, we have Zoom Bible studies every Monday and Wednesday at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. To join our messages, all you'd have to do is click the meeting link in the description. There is also a link to listen to all of our previous Zoom messages as well. We hope to see you guys join in on the study. And always remember to rejoice in the Lord always.